Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch, and we have the lovely and talented cat that's C-A-T, pushing all the buttons. Cat, get the party started. Hey, how y'all doing? We found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, all your premier podcast platforms. We also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a follow. Uh, the two towns we're sh- going to shout out are in the northeast today. One is Shelton, Connecticut. Shelton remains a manufacturing center and headquarters for many international companies. And one of the products that they make are the wiffle ball. You know, you can't do pickleball without no wiffle ball. Pickle, wiffle, same thing. Our other town is called Utica, Utica New York. Uh at one time, it was called the Sin City of the East because of the rampant gambling, prostitution, and other activities. Yes, love you. <laughs> and organized crime. Yes. Giving y'all a big round of applause. <laughs> Alcohol is a favorite pastime here on the back porch. Today, I'm sipping a Grey Goose martini, and the more olives, the better. Cat, what you got? Um, I've got a drink that one of our listeners, Kimberly, brought into us. It's a pink champagne margarita. Ooh, looks good. It, it is, is good. good. It is good. Good deal. All right, today we're going to rat out a pile of football coaches who have done a pile of dirty shit in the college game. Okay. Well, I guess the question is why? Who cares? It's just I keep hearing people say, you know, they don't really care about the NFL anymore and they don't watch the NBA. But but I like college basketball. I like college football. To me, I think they think it's, you know, it's innocent. It's legit. But I'm here to tell you that the college game. Too legit to quit. It's It's even more sleazier than the pros. And again, we've said over and over on this podcast that we like sports. We want to like sports. But as we get older, and it gets harder and harder. All right, so here we go. I'm going to run off a couple of them. You might have heard of them, maybe not. The first contestant is Bobby Petrino. Now, what a way to start off. Mr. Petrino, you're going to see a cycle, too, on these dirt bags. Same dirty shit over and over. Mr. Petrino started his coaching career, I think it's like the 80s. Several stops along the way. And along the way, a lot of trouble. We'll uh, pick up Bobby Petrino's career at Louisville. Really not known as a football school. Of course, Louisville is known usually as a top-notch basketball. Basketball. But then they had... It was Lou Patino, right? Um, which kind of robs with Bobby Patino, who ran that thing in the ground. We could do a podcast on There's the dirty whole... college <laughs> basketball coaches. Maybe we'll do that later. What's that? I think there's a whole thing with you know Italian coaches. Ooh, not going there. All right, so Bobby Petrino. It's like 2006. All right, there's a cat crawling all over the back porch out here. Like interrupting shit. All right, so we'll try to venture on. Just don't knock my drink over. I don't care what you do. So 2006, Petrino, he signs his 10-year deal 
with with uh, Louisville. And then six months later, oh, I'm going to go coach the Falcons. Just, you know, sorry. And uh, bad choice there. I have learned one thing through the years. A signed contract in, co- in the college world, it means absolutely nothing. That's what it means. So Mr. Petrino, 2007 season, didn't go too well. Um, you might remember a young man named Michael Vick who grew up about an hour and a half from here. Miguel. He got into trouble. I guess that, that was Petrino's quarterback, right, at the Falcons? Yep. Uh, he was fighting dogs to the death somewhere down there. Atlanta was all in. We got a black uh, quarterback. We're all going to back him. And what happens? <laughs> so Petrino... Dog now, fights. Now he's, now he's with the Falcons, and he's going to hang in there, right, and fight the good fight and get him in the playoffs. And then abruptly, what did he do? Uh, I'm going to peace out to Arkansas. Okay. And here's where it really goes tits up at Arkansas. All right. Big Bad Bobby wipes out on a motorcycle. You may have heard of this story. All right. It was a much younger lady on the back. Magically, she had a job at the university. Okay. Air quotes, a job. Now, this dude's riding this young chick around on the back of his Harley. And if you've seen Bobby Petrino, he, come on. Okay, I don't know what was wrong with this girl. She shouldn't have been nowhere near this old man. But, of course, she had a gig getting paid doing nothing there in the office, so what the Can hell? Can I get the volleyballs for you? And the thing is, he was married with kids. Not that that matters to any stop of these nobody people. now. All right. I mean, big-time college coach having relationships, a younger woman. Just, just magically, he got fired. From after the motorcycle wreck. Too bad, Bobby. Stay off the two-wheeler. Okay, and then guess what? He ends up at a smaller school on his path to make it back to the big show. And you'll see this pattern over and over with these horrible human beings. Is They always make it back to the big-time schools. Here, here's another one. Hugh Freeze. Okay. And a lot of you are asking, who the hell is Hugh Freeze? Well, this, this is a special asshole right here. Now, he made the list because he was a head football coach at Liberty University, oh which is about God. two hours from here. And that school's had like one scandal after another. Liberty the fall University. Wells were enough. I don't know who would send their Especially kid junior. off the side of 460 in Lynchburg to that place, but that's your own But business. they're constantly building every single time. They're building because they're pushing their basketball and football. They're on television. They're ranked. They're, they're going on up They've the ladder. They've got a NASCAR car. Now, check out Hugh Freeze's resume. From 2012 to 2016, was the coach at the University of Mississippi. Recruiting violations, academic violations, nobody's going to class. 27 of Ole Miss's wins were expunged, um, and they were not allowed to play in bowl games for two years. All this because of Mr. Hugh Freeze. That's a lot of money, right? The University of Mississippi was losing. But that's not all Mr. Hugh Freeze did. As the head coach at Ole Miss, while the school was about to be hammered by all these NCAA sanctions and shit, he goes out and recruits a bunch of kids, right, and doesn't say anything, you know, about the upcoming season 
that they're going to be punished and nobody's going to be on television and just just lies, lies, lies. Now, here's a cherry on top. Hugh Freeze, married dude, another married guy, and a born-again Christian. Good for him. Called escort services at least, I don't know, it was dozens of times. He worked for With, Liberty University <laughs> one time, okay? This, this was all in a two, two-and-a-half-year span of calling the escort services. Now, I don't know what these ladies did. Maybe they just went to the Olive Garden with him. I don't really know. I mean, dude was married, had kids. He could have found, you know, hung out with the family mate. Nice work, Hugh. And, and this is why we did a podcast on the disgusting head football coaches in the college ranks. I mean, after all that, okay, Liberty University hired him. <laughs> Okay, again, I I asked the question, how does Liberty University hire and pay the scumbag piles of money to coach their football team after all this dirty shit he's done? It's freaking mind-blowing. Liberty's a a religious school, and and this guy (laughs) didn't have one religious bone in his body. Now, in Maybe they felt they could save him. Well, we could save this one. (laughs) We can change his ways. In 2023, Hugh Freeze... Another football coach who should be sitting at home thinking about maybe all the bad things he's done. He's at Auburn right now, okay? which is a major, you can't make this shit up. I mean, a major university, and this guy is a total piece of garbage. Now, Auburn, uh, again, opened up the checkbook. I keep mentioning the money. I I don't really care. I'm not jealous if these guys are making millions. I could care less. Here's my thing. Okay, okay. So the governor of Virginia is paid around $200,000, $175,000. The coach for Virginia Tech is paid $5 million. So, I mean, the money is an issue. I mean... We're paying more for the to be losing there at Virginia Tech right now than, you know, for the crappy governor we have right now. Here comes another one. Lane Kiffin. Oh, my God. We could go on for days. We're not. We're going to do a couple more. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knew Laney was going to make this list of special A-hole college football coaches. All right, he, he was an assistant coach, offensive offensive coordinator. Because these dudes usually start, you know, it's like a work up the ranks kind of thing. And then somehow he ended up as the coach of the Oakland Raiders, okay, with Al Davis. I think it was mid-2000s, 2007. Okay, well, that lasted one season, and then he was told to beat it. And they had an ugly divorce, if you remember. Everybody kind of enjoyed it. Now, trying to figure out which one of these dishonest men was lying the most. I mean, Al Davis and Lane Kiffin in the same room together. I mean, you got to be kidding. So then he heads for Tennessee. It's like 2009, I think. That was also a one-year tenure. And the Volunteers ended up, I think, in the Chick-fil-A Bowl that year and got destroyed by Virginia Tech, believe it or not. Michael Vick was probably there. I don't know. (laughs) And so about, I don't know. Two and a half, no, yeah, at the end of that 2009 season, Lane Kiffin, act, Lane Kiffin acted as if he was going to stay at Tennessee, right? right? Fight the good fight. 
try to win a national championship. But as soon as he found out that Pete Carroll was leaving USC, because Lane had uh, coached there, he was an assistant there, he told Tennessee he was peacing out and left them hide and dry. But you got to remember why Pete Carroll was leaving because they were getting sanctioned. He was sanctioned also out the butt. another another scumbag who was paying players. Those jokers were riding around in Denali's, living in condos. Class, what class? I mean, Pete Carroll is a piece of garbage. Been coaching what Seattle for years, right? Never going to leave the NFL well, when, at this when, point. When Lady popped up and said he was leaving Tennessee, if you remember, they damn near burned that school oh, to the yeah, ground. Oh yeah, it was. He like had to go undercover to the airport. Unreal. And you know, just one dirty coach coming in after another. And, and again, USC. Okay, another major university. No pride, no dignity. Hiring one piece of nothing after and after the other. Now, the, as Kat mentioned, the NCA was about to drop the hammer on them when Laney got there because Pete Carroll did all the dirty shit he did. So after about three or four seasons, Laney was told to beat it. And then Nick Saban comes to the rescue. Another outstanding human being. He's like the uh, Bill Belichick of the college ranks. I mean, just a complete fucking loser. I mean, just, I don't want to call him a loser. They win. They win everything. They're just trolls, horrible people. So Laney gives him a job as a offensive coordinator, I think. Way to go, Nick. And of course, the pattern continues. He leaves Alabama for a head coaching job at uh, I think it was like Florida Atlantic or something, right? Whatever that is. And now he's back in the big show. He's head coach at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin. I mean, you got to be. Kidding. I mean, like the biggest glamour job is in the SEC. Would you say? Yeah, that's that's the place but to go. Lane Kiffin's biggest defeat was divorcing Kayla. I didn't know they got divorced. Lane Kiffin. I don't know how he ended up with this chick. She is smoking freaking hot. I'm not kidding. All right, let's roll on. This guy had to be in here. We can't stop with it. Maybe we'll finish up with him, or maybe we'll do another one. Urban Meyer. Oh my okay. God. Come on, Herb. This guy should have a statue somewhere. <laughs> Biggest scumbag on the fucking planet. Okay. He started out Bowling Green, winner. Went to Utah, winner. Then Herb goes to Florida. And that's when the fun really begins. For some reason, a lot of this was in the 2000s. 2007. Supposedly, Florida had a toxic environment around the locker room while Herb was the coach, right? Star players getting star treatment. Check this out. 31 of his players got arrested while he in his tenure there in Florida, okay? 31 got cuffed. And, you know, and then, like all crooked college coaches do, he pieced out right before the hammer dropped. Oh, they're getting ready to drop the hammer on us. Fucking run, right? So next stop was Ohio State. Ohio State, okay? A major university. They give him the head coaching job. Ohio State. No, no morals, nowhere in sight. 2018, Herb gets placed on administrative leave. I always love those two words, administrative leave, okay? 
for having a coach on his staff, you might remember this story, who was a wife beater. Now, Herb wasn't the wife beater, but because he had this guy on his staff and maybe they knew. I don't know what the deal was. So then... What's the deal with football and domestic abuse? I don't... I don't... These guys, their heads are so big, it's insane. There's nothing inside of the head, but they, they think they're badass. So then Laney ends up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> okay. All right. Hired him in 2021. He didn't even make the whole season. 13 games, two wins, 11 losses. They doing and, all right now. And while him. he was there, a video surfaced of Herb touching a much younger woman very inappropriately in a bar. And guess what? Herb's married. Okay. We should do a podcast on the wives of college coaches. Because a lot of these tricks, they just stay with them. As scummy as they are, and why? It's the perfect marriage. The bank bank is piling up with money. All she's got to do is take the card and swipe it. Better to know the devil that you're with than the devil you don't. Again. Horrible fucking dudes making major bucks each year. Pretending they give one fuck about the school or their players, their fans. The thing that kills me is these they continue to be hired. Even after all the lying, cheating, stealing. If you followed college sports throughout know, the last couple of decades, you know you see, there's a pattern. The big-time college coaches, they get caught doing something wrong. So they'll, like, uh, they'll go in hiding, sit out a year. And then they'll show up at some Division II school uh, that, you know, it, it always ends with like a state, right? It's like a direction in a state. It's north, <laughs> north something state or whatever. That's where they'll go. And then magically work their way back up to the ranks. Um, let's see, Mike Leach, Randy Etzel, uh, anyone named Petrino. I think he's got a brother who's also... A, a scumbag. I mean, these big time schools, all they want to do is win, right? It's win at all cost. The cost to these schools is reputation and pride. They do not care. And and when they continue to hire these freaking sleaze balls, look at the football coaches. That's basically all they can do. Okay. Anytime anyone of them moves up. From the college ranks to the pros, what happens? They get their ass kicked. Uh, Lou Holtz, he tried it. Herb, uh, he tried it. Nick Saban, he got rickrolled up there. Steve Spurrier, I think he tried to coach the uh, Commanders one time. Right. I mean, but this is how arrogant they are. I love to watch these a-holes get their ass kicked in the pros. All right. I'm sorry I rambled, but look, we could go on and on. The, the thing that sparked me was college football just kicked in, what, three or four or five weeks ago or something? Texas played Alabama. So Texas has a, has a coach, Steve Sarkazian, maybe, is right. how you say it? Okay, now Texas and Alabama, of course, they're going to show that it's prime time. They showed this guy, Steve Sarkazian, the Texas head coach, they showed him on the sidelines 
500 times, at least. I could go down the list of his offenses at Washington State, his drinking on the job, off the job. Hopefully he got himself straight. Okay, drinking can be a problem. I'm drinking on the job right now. So I, I don't wish the man no bad luck. But, I mean, this dude, if you look him up, it's S-A-R-K-A-S, maybe I-A-N. Look this dude up on Wikiman. He's coaching the University of Texas, and this dude is a troll. I mean, it is unfreaking believable. It goes on and on and on. So, hey, root, root, root for your school, and uh, try not to think about all the dirty shit going on behind the scenes. All right, let's roll right into one tough, awesome lady. It's Anna Palova. Close? That's kind of close. Palova. <laughs> Pavlova. Pavlova. Nailed it. Born in 1881 from St. Petersburg, Russia. A Russian ballerina. Ballerina famous for The Dying Swan. The Dying Swan. Woo! Which is a solo performance of like a swan's last breath. Uh, Peace and out. Right. Um, Anna, she was born premature. We know about that here. Very sickly as a child. Had um, she had like severely arched feet, right? Um, thin ankles, long limbs. Not exactly the body type for a ballerina. No, but she didn't let that stop her. Um, graduated from the Imperial Ballet School at age eighteen and became the prima ballerina. In right. 1906, had her, had her own legion of fans. They were called the Pavlo... Pavlovians? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are Swifties fans called? The Swifties. Yeah, something like that. But this lady actually had talent. I and uh, st- started her own uh-huh. ballet company, traveled the world. And As a matter of fact, she had a dessert named after her, the Pavlova, when she uh, toured... Uh, Australia, New Zealand, they named a dessert after her. In the Dying Swan, like a famous right. thing to do. Yeah. Um, she again, even danced on the top of an elephant. Wow. And again, I can, I can vouch for people with fucked up feet. Okay, she had high arches. And so she started placing this piece of leather in the soles of her slippers, right? To strengthen her, her pointy toe. Right. Very smart. Um, it would become the modern day pointy toe shoe that's worn today. Wow. Being and, on point. And that makes Anna Pavlova one tough, awesome lady. All right. When, are we watching? We're anything? watching, and um, I have a confession to make. I am a sci fi fan. Um, I was really bored this summer, and I was trying to find something new to watch. Writer Strike. Writer's Strike. So I went back with this uh, sci-fi show I really liked called The Expanse, and I really haven't finished that one. But as I was doing that, I was looking at two actors I really like that are in this show I'm about to talk about. Um, One is uh, Jared Harris, uh, and the other is Lee Pace, two actors I really love. And as I'm going through IMDb, I found this show that was on Apple TV that I fell in love with. 
called Foundation. It's based on, it's uh, created by David S. Goover and Josh Friedman. It's about these books that were written by Isaac Asimov back in the 40s. It's a whole series of books. It's about the whole lifespan of the civilization over, let's say, a thousand years. And it's really good. I mean, the whole premise is this this whole group of, uh, what do we call them, clones, that are trying to rule like many, many planets, like a hundred planets or so. And this guy, Jared Harris, comes back and tells them, hey, that's great, you guys want to roll forever. But guess what? It's all going to go in the shitter. And I know what's going to happen because I've done the math. And they pretty much imprison him on this other planet. And just like, forget about him, huh? We put him on this planet, nothing's going to happen. And as time goes on, this other planet gets stronger and and there with more purpose. And it's really, really good. I mean, you got to remember, it was done back in 1940s. So what didn't happen before that, there was no Dune. There was no Star oh Wars. So every so this premise, is was it's kind of the genesis of modern oh, science fiction. I got you. I got you. So before that, you know, Isaac Asimov did the whole aliens and robots and stuff. But, you know, this was actual uh, foundation, I hate to say. Right. It's the name of the show. is foundation of modern science fiction. And it's really, really good. And it's one of those, I started watching it and I really couldn't. And, of course, there are time jumps and stuff in the first season. People are like, okay, how many years has gone, gone so far? With this time jump. A little tricky to keep up. Because they can bend space and stuff, and you don't know exactly. You've got to kind of keep. I'm not with... smart enough for that. <laughs> anyway, it's really good. They've had um, two seasons, and and I would recommend it. If you were into science fiction, it's a great it's show to watch. It's on what? It's on Apple TV. Apple TV. The, probably the third season is probably going to come on since the writer's strike till maybe 2025 or something, but it's if you're into science fiction, this is a show to watch. All right. After all that, I need a shot. Um, wow. Keeping in the theme of the college football coaches, <laughs> today's shot is the $3 hooker. <laughs> There we go. Woo! Got the button finally. The $3 hooker. Never had one. You know what I mean? All right. Very easy. Because you're a happily married man, woo! right? I it's so am. And your shaker filled with ice. Add a half shot of Kahlua. Half shot of Captain Morgan's Daniel Raleigh's tree service. <laughs> Captain Morgan. We're gonna down some Morgan. Half shot of Kahlua, half shot of Captain Morgan's, and a half shot of Peppermint schnapps? Yes. Wow. Shake the shit out of it, and bam, you got a $3 hooker. All right, Kat's made us one. I haven't found any history um, on this. So. Yeah, we're just going to uh, see what happens. It doesn't look good. It looks like a uh, weak chocolate milk shot. Um, let's see what happens. Damn, that's not bad. A lot going Ooh. on there, but it's not bad. Ooh. Anything with peppermint schnapps in it kind of takes the peppermint and just rolls over it. Ooh. Thank you, Kat. You're um, welcome. Now I can say I've had a $3 hooker. All right, this week we were bumpered in 
with a band called Died Pretty. Uh, formed in 1983 from Sydney, Australia. Um, this band, it didn't make it big, big, not from a lack of trying. They were like big in Italy, France, right. um, big in Australia, obviously, but kind of nothing here. Another band that showed up on 120 Minutes back in their day on MTV. Uh, the song that caught my ear was the one we were bumpered in with today called Sweetheart off the album Doughboy Hollow. I also like this song they got, um, A State of Graceful Mourning. Put that one on your iTunes. A State of Graceful Mourning along with Sweetheart. They basically did the Australian touring circuit in the 80s and 90s. Yep. Um, Their music, you know, it's not really rushed. It's it's very clean, very Uh, atmospheric, right? Yeah. Their influences were Bob Dylan, Velvet Underground, and television. Yeah, and uh, they had... They had a lot of help. I don't want to say a lot of help. There was other artists during the time that were big fans of theirs. Uh, the Hoodoo Gurus guitarist, Brad Shepard, uh, played on some of their stuff. R.E.M. had them open up for them when they went over to Australia. Um, and we see. have a lot of listeners in Australia. So, hey, Sydney. Peace and out. Peace, peace to you, baby. We love you. And the producers that they used were um, the producers that did uh, albums for the Plimsolls, Echo and the Bunnymen, Simple Minds. Again, they had a lot of backing behind them. I just, I don't know why. It just okay, never Ron really got Pino, over. the singer, died of cancer oh, back in it was February 2019. Yeah. And they were going to be trying to tour with Brian Ferry then. Yeah. Ron, rest in peace, sir. Check out Died Pretty wherever you get your music. I want to thank everybody for hanging out on the back porch. We'll see y'all down the road. See ya. Down to the shakes, I-